Welcome to the Grappling We See exactly. Grappling Rewind Podcast. Welcome to this week on the Grappling Rewind Podcast. On this week's show, we are going to cover Submission Underground 10, Gordon Ryan versus Gonzaga, and Gilbert Burns versus Craig Jones. We are also going to talk about the top 10 matches of the year for 2019 for professional grappling. We're also going to talk about the biggest upsets of the year, uh, grapplers to watch out for, and basically just do a giant recap show for 2019. As always uh, on the show. Maine, you're forgetting Rewind Recommends as well. And do Rewind Recommends for the year. Thank you, Emil, for uh, keeping the list together because none of us, none, nobody else in 2019. <laughs> on the team kept a list um so as always in the show i'm your host manger with my co-host emil and my other co-host austin how you guys doing today i'm doing good awesome man. Man. we were, we were doing a pre-show and we were all got, like really pumped up talking about all the matches and uh yeah i'm, I'm super excited for this show it's gonna be it's gonna be the 2019 show the recap show for the year is always a ton of fun and it's always great to like remember what has happened you're like oh that match was this year That's really, and there was like making the list every year is more and more fun because we get more familiar with like all the grapplers and like all the storylines and just we remember that this is coming up earlier and earlier in the year and make a list. So before we get into that, let's talk about a little bit of news. Um, Tap Cancer Out donated $870,000 to Alex's Lemonade Stand. Uh, that is a gigantic donation. I've been running more and more tournaments. Uh, have you guys either done, have either of you done one? Mm-mm. I did one. It was awesome. The support that they show too, like uh, before the tournament runs, two of the guys who, I think it's the founder who's a black belt, and then I think he brings another guy along with him who's either a blue or a purple belt, I can't remember. Sorry if I'm, like, messing that up and you're, like, a really a secret brown or black belt. Um, but they come and they'll roll at the gyms that are showing them the most love. So they came into our gym, did, like, a little mini seminar, rolled with us, got to know them. So they're, like, really good people and then also, like, a really good cause, obviously. Yeah. they're really nice guys. I did, I did an interview with them probably, probably, like, four or five months ago when they were going to run their super fights, talking about, like, mm-hmm. their super fights and their format and basically just basically giving a rundown to all of their viewers on their Instagram of, like, what it was. And it was a really cool interview. Super great guys. So awesome to see them basically giving $870,000 to a really good charity. Um, in other news, Mateus Lutez got his black belt. Emil, you're, uh, you're probably pretty happy about my that. my boy, yeah. Yeah. I mean... I'm excited to see him actually competing up at the black belt level now, too, so we'll yeah. see. because you've seen him on Spider against black belts, and it's like, oh, you're black belt level right now, so... Yeah. Like, now he's officially a black belt. We can see him in all the black belt divisions exactly. and, like, how he competes on the world stage, so that's super exciting. We actually commentated one of his matches. Uh, yeah, that 2017 man. or 2018? Uh, that's a good question. I think, I think 2018. 2018, we commentated one of his matches at SAGC. Yeah, versus and we were like, Andrew Cockle, yeah. This dude is amazing. Yeah, he was super fucking entertaining, so. Yeah. and so uh, it's awesome to see him finding a promoted black belt by Marcelo, and uh, looking, forward, looking forward to him in 2019. Um, other news, Guy Mendes became a U.S. citizen. Hell yeah. We, <laughs> All right. we, look, we've been doing yeah. more and more like grapplers become U.S. citizens in news because I think it's a big deal. And he had a really nice post about like him coming to the U.S. and like what the U.S. has allowed him to do. And mm. uh, it was really it was really a great moment. I thought it was like it, it was newsworthy. Uh, in other words, in other words, in other news, uh, Maggie Grandotti received her black belt from Cyborg. Saw that. Yeah. Awesome. Again, another like top level woman. Super excited to see what she's going to do with yeah, the black we'll cover belt her stage. a lot. So, yeah, she's like one. She's one of definitely the upcoming women. Um, in the world, so it's really, really I mean, it, I'm excited to see I think she won Nogi World, I think she's won Nogi Worlds at every belt level, I think she's won Worlds at every belt level, so this was like a long time coming, it was like one of the forecasts for promotion, so it'll be cool to see how she does at the black belt level uh, in other news, uh, Victor Hugo versus Nicholas Margali has been announced as the super fight matchup for the Flow Grapplings, who is number one <laughs> yo that is, oh, man I, matchmaking is a funny thing because uh, right now I see Marigali just wrecking that 
Like, yeah, I, I see that as a non-competitive I can match. see on paper why they think that matchup would be really good. It's like, he just won Nogi Worlds and beat Cyborg. And then Mirgali's won pretty much everything in the Gi that there is to win. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So it's like, He's oh, submitted okay. his way through everything. Right, right. The, that's, that's the, the impressive part. I mean, it's an yeah. exciting matchup. I think that's, man, that is a tough matchup for Victor Hugo. Yeah, it's tough. Like, we... It's a gi match, I'm assuming. I, I, we've never seen Margali in a no gi match. Right. And I think mm-hmm. Margali was planning on doing ADCC in 2021, right. is what mm-hmm. we've heard. Right. But n- I assume it's in the gi. I assume this is not Nicholas Margali's first no gi match. This is, I assume it's in the gi. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely see Nicholas Margali as number one, no question. So It's a tough match. But again, we, we saw Victor Hugo, two matches to Cyborg and IBGGF, and like not be able to get the win, and all of a sudden, like, the finals at the absolute figures it out and goes, oh, knee wash him. Right. So he can make adjustments, but Margali's a tough dude to make adjustments against. Um, and other news, uh, I did an interview with the BGG Brit podcast, and uh, that just came out today. Hell so yeah. it's basically nice. an hour of me doing uh, kind of a different recap of the world, of like what happened in the world of 2019 for jiu-jitsu. Really cool interview. I just listened, to, basically finished listening to it before this recording. Um, I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, if you want to hear me talk kind of like kind of like what we're going to do through the show, but like a little different flavor because it's more of an interview format. Uh, it's over on the BGA Brick podcast page. Find it up, find it there. And uh, hear me talk, you know, even more. Um in other news, this really weird shift. I was trying to put this in a different place in news. Uh, Cyborg is scheduled to have open heart surgery in 2020. Wait, what? Did you not see this? No. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, it got announced, I think, uh, like a couple days ago that he's going to need basically open heart surgery Jeez. in 2020. God damn, sucks. dude. So I hope, like, wish him the best. Yeah. yeah. Speed of recovery to him, man. I love watching him compete. Yeah. yeah. Dude's been around for been a black belt forever and, like, yeah. competes on the world stage at every major. And so it's like... Best of wishes to him. Hope everything goes well and that he uh, he turns out great. What a what a downer way to end the news <laughs> section for the 2019. Yeah, man. Damn. Right. You guys, anything else in news? I can't think of anything. Nope, nothing. All right, let's move on. So, one more recap of Submission Underground 10. That we're going to talk about two matches on this card. We're going to talk about Craig Jones versus uh, Gilbert Burns, and we're going to talk about Gordon Ryan versus Gabriel Gonzaga. Uh, uh, if you are completely blindfolded and fucking unaware of this <laughs> event at all, you probably could have picked the results. Um, God yeah, damn, Emil. Nah, dude, Tom, come how do you feel? Yeah. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> it's like Gordon Ryan versus Guy, Craig Jones versus Guy. If you picked heel hooks, guess what? You're right. You won. Um, Gordon Ryan did the same entry that Craig Jones uses, that like roll through under to the outside inside Senkaku, and then gets the heel hook, Gonzaga does the correct roll, and then the fence gets in the way, and uh, he has to tap. And then Craig Jones, a little bit longer of a match, uh, gets to Reno's leg, gets the heel hook, and uh, finishes a heel hook. <laughs> yeah, that that's pretty much the tale of it. There's really not a whole lot of like technical stuff. Uh, we rewatched it right before in the pre-show. I was like, oh, let me see the entry. And then it was like, this is exactly the entry. He always uses. Yeah. He tried to do that Sumagaishi, like where he arm drags to the wrong side, falls to the wrong side of his arm. On Gonzaga. Yes. Falls to the wrong side. And then Gonzaga postures. He's like, okay, cool. I'll just invert. You gave me enough space. And that's what sets up the hook. So it's nothing that you've never seen before. It's literally the thing you've seen before that both these guys are super famous for. And then guys at like the super high level have kind of figured it out and shut it down a little bit. And they were just able to implement the game. Right. And get it done. Do you have anything else on this? Nope. That's pretty much it. All right. Let's move on to the uh, the baller ass 2019 recap. So moving on to the 2019 recap. Where do you guys want to start with this? We have a, we have so much to talk about in this segment. Like, where do you want to start for what I mean, we should talk about? I think what we did last time makes sense, which is 
talk about the big moments in the community overall you know like it's nice to sit back look at those things talk about why they're important what's happened who the big uh what the big accomplishments are who the big athletes are and stuff like that and then you know we have our top 10 matches uh we have our top upsets and then we have the rewind recommends which are just exciting ass matches uh so i think Let's do it. Let's so, it do, uh, do either of you guys have like a top moment of the year, or do you want to talk about it at the end? I, I don't have. I have a couple that could like maybe be in contention. I'm just wondering if you guys have a single one, and then mm. we can either talk about it now or talk about it at the end of this segment. I can't think of something bigger than Lachlan Giles' run at ADCC. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, if there's a top moment, too. that has to be it. Yeah. So, okay, let's so talk about the moments of the year. Let's talk about the top one that's kind of all of our top one is Lachlan Giles' heel hook of Kanan Duarte at the 2019 IBGGF, ADCC World Championships in the Absolute Division. Lachlan Giles gets knocked out his first round at under 77 kilograms by Lucas Lepree, and everyone's like, okay, Lepree's really good, that makes sense. Oh, shit, he signed up for Absolute, too. Oh my God! They gave him the plus ninety nine kilogram champion. So Cameron he, Duarte. That means that he was probably. That means Lachlan was probably the bottom seed. Bottom right? seed Kainan or second prob- to bottom seed? Yeah. I I think Kainan must have been top seed. I mean, like he has to. He, he was plus ninety nine kilogram champion going into that, so he was probably number one. And uh, you know, because like they had Bouchesha in there, they had Gordon Ryan, but like you know, the plus ninety nine kilogram champ is the. The heaviest. He's the dude one. to beat. He's the he's the dude to beat. And so Lachlan was probably bottom, is my guess. So even him just winning that single match, let alone all the matches after that, is just a huge moment. You know, the size disparities were just so unbelievable the crowd energy during those wins and we so, can we can talk about that match yeah we're getting we're getting into like matches of the later. year so i think that's a, that's a good place um other moments of the year what do you what else we have i have a whole list of stuff you want to go to the next one dude i don't know if this is in order but certainly the spider payout was fucking huge hundred and fifty thousand so dollars you paid out two grapplers a hundred thousand dollars yeah that's the biggest payout in the history of the sport Ever, yeah, for an that we, that we that yeah. ever disclosed, and I can't think of an undisclosed purse that would be. Like, I think it was rumored that the ACBJJ contracts could be up to a hundred thousand, but I think that was over the course of a couple events. So a single payout of a hundred thousand dollars is absurd, right. and so that's awesome for the sport. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what, what else we got? Um, oh, IBJJF Worlds paid out this year too. Again, yep. it's it's wait five thousand grand five thousand five thousand bucks yeah. I think is what they paid out to the champions because every division it was up to seven thousand for the men's divisions but all the men's division have to had to be above thirty two or thirty three grapplers I don't think any grappler I don't think any of them were. any division was I think it was one that was like thirty one people and um, so then but five thousand bucks is more than they were paying out last year and so at least it gives you some monetary value right Emil's coming here messing with the mouse and I've lost the mouse on all the screens we have um, it gives us some monetary value to like to that championship accomplishment, which is good. It's a step in the right direction, and I think it's definitely worth noting for, like, big moments of the year. Um, we also have, let's see, what else? Oh, yeah, we have a bunch of MMA grapplers coming back into jiu-jitsu. Oh, God, yeah, right? Like, we, shit, we've seen Dorino a bunch lately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gary. ranked in the UFC, and we saw him this weekend. Yep. Like, ranked in the UFC, still taking super fight matches because top guys. Yep. Adolfo Gary, came back. Adolfo yep. came back. Gary Tonin came back. AJ Agazarm yeah. came back. Arif mm-hmm. Rias takes matches still. Yeah. Um, Jake Shields, Shields. Is, is kind of like only doing grappling now. Yeah, Jake Shields is almost retired so from MMA. I think and this, like, is, this is tied into what we just talked about with the past two, which is just payouts are starting to increase. It's starting to be lucrative enough in grappling that we're getting 
these MMA people to come back and only do grappling. That's that's that can only be good for the sport. I think 2019 has been a turning point for professional jiu-jitsu. Yeah. We, we see we've seen more payouts this year than any other year. Like we have a bunch of promotions that we now know and we've heard and we've got a little more in the community. We now have heard a little more of the payout structure and it's like guys are actually can potentially start making a living, maybe not this year, but in the next couple of years, if things kind of continue to progress where they are, being a professional competitor, not necessarily having to run a gym, having to run instructionals, having to do, they still have those options for the seminars and stuff. But if you want to be a person that just makes your living off competition, we are moving towards that being a more viable option for the, for the top guys. Yeah. Yeah. Which is which is cool, but now we're starting to see MMA guys come back over because previously, you know, we'd always lost guys to MMA. Where it's like, okay, you do this, then I'm gonna be a fighter because I can make money being a fighter. I can't make money being a jitsu guy. Now you kind of can if you're the top guy. So that's really cool. I think we'll still continue to see and lose those guys to MMA, you know, for the next generation or so. But it it moves it towards being a like a full time sport for these guys where you can make a professional career winning events alone. Absolutely. So I think that's really huge. Dude, how about next up, Tyra Tolo and in general, teenagers making their names on the professional circuit. Dude, for sure. Masters, here I come. <laughs> I can't wait to age into Masters and get away from like all the young killers. Oh, you've been jiu-jitsu since you were four. Oh, three? Oh, you have a brother that's also right. really dope at jiu-jitsu? Oh, you're beating black belts? Yeah. Like, So cool, you've beaten Wagner Hosha before I even made it to black belt. As like a thirty-something year old, right? Like, what chance do I have against you in an adult division, right? Oh, you you're throwing were, jumping you darts before, before you had a driver's license. You're like fighting black belt world champions and potentially winning. Yeah, it's dude. so nuts. Dude, Tyra Tolo like having a fucking fire match with Meow at ADCC. Mm-hmm. He destroyed Meow's leg. Meow was like. Nah. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> like there's that famous, like 18 famous pictures from different angles of Ty out extending the leg. And he gave a really cool interview with him and his brother on the Matt Burn podcast talking about that. Basically yeah. like, I mean, it popped a lot. He just didn't tap. And right. it, was, it was so cool to hear both of them like in a little more long form interview, like talk about the year, talk about the experience. And like, if you are a fan of pro grappling, listen to that interview with those two guys. Cause it's super insightful, very interesting. And they basically talk about kind of the balance of their life and like how it's changed. It's, it's a really cool interview. And, um, dude, teenagers are ridiculous. Yeah, him, yeah. fucking Nikki Ryan, Grace um, uh, Gundrum, Grace yeah. Gundrum getting brown belt this year. Yeah. Ta- both the Tackett brothers, yeah, like all the Tackett's, yeah, brothers. right about the Tackett's, yeah. yeah. Dude, William Tackett yeah. went and beat the entire team Israel, and they'd been like, like a quintet style event for the USA, and like only he had to go. He beat everyone, and you're like, right. that's how good that guy is. And he's been on all these super fights now, and he's like, he's a dude that exploded onto the scene this year. Like, we'd heard a little bit about him last year, but I think that in the last like six or eight months, like, he was a guy that I would not have been surprised to see get an ADCC invite with like how active he was. Or, and again, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him in the trials in like, what are we eight months from the trials or nine months from the trials now? Mm, yeah, that makes I think sense. trials are like. Well, I know West Coast trials happen around now, so... I know there's trials are about a year apart, and the East Coast trials from the time ADCC runs in September, I think they're September as the East Coast trials, because they're yeah. literally about a year from the West event. Coast are, West Coast are in January, West Coast they I were think in January. Are, are West Coast trials the last trials, or is the Oceanic trials after? I think Oceanic is after. Okay, yeah. Oceanic is the last trials, yeah. and then East Coast trials is the first trials. So yeah, we're probably about nine months out. Which is crazy. Like, we're already in the cycle again, and I'm getting like I'm getting amped already, so it'll be good. So yeah, teenagers being, uh, being crazy good in 2019. Um, I have ADCC 
on my moments of the year. Yeah, for sure. I think professionally for the podcast and personally, it was a huge moment for me um, to do all those interviews, to be backstage, to get, you know, actually legitimate credentialed to cover professional jujitsu. We got some really great interviews and I think it would just really it did a lot for the show on a show level. And it also did a lot for realizing that we can produce at, at, a, at the biggest event in the world, we can produce good content and we can ask good questions. And we've gotten a ton of feedback from our interviews. Um, I had somebody this, this week recognize me from an interview I did. He's like, hey, did, you, did you interview Gordon Ryan? I was like, yes, I did that. And they were like, oh, I saw the interview. I was like, that's really awesome. Oh, you have, I'm just like a regular coach at a gym to you and you don't know like all this other stuff we do outside the gym and you recognize like, are you that guy that interviewed? That's me. Like that happened this week. Like, yeah. That's really, really cool. So, ADCC was colossal, yeah, in terms of connections that we made with the community yeah. as well, you know, uh, really getting to connect with a, a lot of the other people in the media and jujitsu mm-hmm. media as well and, you know, other coaches and, and other things like that. Yeah, like, so professionally and personally it was really great as well as it was the greatest grappling event that's ever been yeah. done. Yeah, and then Fight to Win taking over the production value really yeah. changed a lot. Yeah, so that, that was really dope. here are the metrics for that, right? Like, A... They had the largest um, attendance. Th- attendance, really, yep. of any grappling event. Uh, B, it was so successful that ADCC decided to, in an unprecedented decision, make the next one also in the United States. And Usually, they rotate countries and the same promoters. The same. So promoters. they never had. They never had the same place twice. Or they ne- not never have. Like in, in the modern ADCC era, they've never had it in the same place twice consecutively. Yeah. Consecutively, and they've never had it with the same promoter twice consecutively. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't think they've ever had it with the same promoter. So, so. like for Mo to get and Mo to get it relatively quickly again is a testament to oh, this was sports. This was changing. special. Yeah. yeah, these guys have ADCC. It's it's pretty much no for its hallmark of like very minimal changes from event to event and for them to have the system of like oh, the next guy gets it next guy gets it next guy gets it new place for them to go you know what we'll give you the next one and you can do it in the u.s that that kind of speaks to how much weight and how good that event was yeah yep. the energy was absolutely amazing so oh, it's yeah. great to see them uh continue with that um another so speaking of fight to win and those guys they ran their 100th event this year yeah that's dope. Yeah. Hundred super fight events, and they're still running. Like they are, and the, yeah, it's they've had what thirty five since. I think they're at one hundred and thirty five. One hundred and thirty four, one hundred thirty five was the last one we covered. <laughs> I think they're what everybody imagines. If there was like, I know the IBJJF obviously has like the prestige of titles, but fight to win kind of is what for Nogi entertainment value production value to me is the closest thing to like a sports team kind of season a vibe. League. Yeah. A yeah. League. A league. Exactly. Yeah. We've talked about it. Like I want to, yeah. I would love yeah. to do some more stuff in 2020 with like their rankings and their guy. Cause like if you actually watch, there is a, a system for getting a title shot at fight to win. You have to crew a certain amount of points. You have to be this active. You have to do, there's like some legitimate criteria for who is mm. selected for title shots in fight to win. And they've, they have kind of on the back end. I don't think it's talked about a ton, created a league system for getting a title shot on fight to win. You didn't have like a world world accolade like be a champion or pan or have like been win one of the majors mm. or have accrued enough points to earn yourself a title shot and if you look at all their champions like they're all legit they're all dudes with accolades sure. and then you see guys go and win a fight to win title and then they can stomp other guys and then you see a guy that's that's killing on the scene come and win a fight to win title like there's no scrubs that have fight to win titles we're, we're right? starting to see yeah like world champion level people not just obtaining the belts at fight to win but 
having to defend against other world yeah. champions. We talked about with the, with the heavyweight belt with yeah. Spriggs and Erberth and um, almost Mergali, almost Mergali, Duarte, yep. and uh, Gutenberg. Yep. Like we have these guys, and I can basically map out the lineage of the fight to win heavyweight title. And I could do that with with other titles as well. If you look, like, oh, this guy had it, then he won, then he took it here, and oh, he lost the title. This guy, he went up a weight class. Like there is a real storyline being created there. And so fight to win, having the longevity to create a hundred events and have their hundredth event in 2019, and then have 30 more events in this year i mean that the 100th event was be is earlier in the year yeah yeah you know so that i think that is a huge a huge milestone for professional jiu-jitsu that these guys can can get it right enough to run a hundred consecutive events in a in the period and then continue to run events and i think that that's a that is a smaller milestone as a larger milestone i think it's given credit for because no other promotion is putting on 40 events a year professionally at it's broadcast level with commentary with titles and a system for belts like that's that's a really big deal yeah um, um i moving to athletes and uh huge accolades i want to talk about gabby garcia winning her fourth adcc division which is a a world record for the most divisional win that's most divisional gold medal wins of any athlete in adcc history yep that's huge. It it's was crazy. a huge moment. She had a, a really touching, uh, you know, victory speech uh, where you know anyone listening and watching should have become instant fans of her because she's just you know incredible. Um, she's like one of the nicest people I talked to at ADCC. Yeah, we did. I did an interview with her, and like again, uh, I'm trying to do it like backstage, and she's like way taller than me, and she's like the most sweet person, pleasant. Like did like almost basically two interviews with me. It was amazing to see her. Like, get that fourth title and that give that big speech to the arena was like, man, she's a really nice lady. And, like, apparently, too, like, not having lost a step, you know, like, I could see her winning in two years, you know, like, yeah, you know, it's there's no question about that. Um, and actually, uh, she she's been doing MMA. She's mm-hmm. another, mm-hmm. we forgot yep. to mention, she's another MMA fighter who's mm-hmm. been. Yeah, she stepped back in a little bit this year. We yeah. saw her on Fight to Win, I think, once or twice. We saw her in ADCC. And again, yeah. another person that has like, has kind of went over to MMA, went over to Ryzen, and then took some fights and then came back. And I think, I think that, there's got to be some monetary incentive for people to come back. Cause we're seeing enough people come back now where it's like, you're not going to pull Gabby Garcia away unless there's like, there's a good reason. But to. she's, she's hell bent on cementing her legacy in grappling. And it, there's no question about it. You know, like, yeah, super dominant ADCC, like four getting four in your plus 99 plus 66 kilogram division for the women is like, yeah, unprecedented. So that's, that's amazing. Um, other athletes, huge accolades, Mikey Musumeci, third IBJJF gold in like, a row at the black belt, like yeah, third, and and at Rooster at well. Rooster. Wait, so yeah. a division below, he's the only American to have won twice in a row. Better yet, three times in a row, and then he's won only the American to win two divisions and run them consecutively. And fucking beat Bruno Malfasine. Beat the dude at Rooster Weight. Yeah, yeah, just fucking colossal I wish we had like moment. more on this we were just like it's really like, all we have is like it's really really <laughs> well, we're impressive. gonna get into the Bruno Malfasine match later okay so yeah but that was just a huge moment I mean it's it's getting to the point now where we're starting to see um, you know US athletes now consistently competing on that level you know whereas before it was like you know it was a Brazilian show baby yeah sure. yeah with like what like up until a couple years ago, it was just uh, there was what Drysdale, Drysdale, Penn, Lovato, yep, 
and oh fuck, who am I missing? Yeah, there was a fourth. Oh no, that you said <laughs> I don't have the list in front of me right now. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> oh no, I forgot who's on the list. Yeah. Lovato, Dr- okay, there's additional Americans, but yeah. very few Americans in the grand scheme of right. things. Um, somebody's gonna be very upset with us that we forgot them <laughs> in like in like the modern era. Um, yeah, so huge, huge for Mikey uh, to win, and he's just. You know, I, I love hearing him talk about like his mentality and game and training and all that. Yeah, he's a super like well spoken guy too. His sister's going to law school. He's going to get a business degree, I think, um, which is crazy. On top of like doing world championship level jujitsu at the highest at the highest level. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, what else we got? Any other any other moments think, of the year? I think those are those are the main ones that I can think of. All right, so we are move on to next. So we move on to. Let's do top 10 matches. Um, so every year, I, lo- I, love, I love the top 10 matches of the year. Every year, we put the, get the other team and go, hey, everyone submit your, top, like, your matches that you're thinking about. And we did it, and Austin basically came in, like just was like, here is my list. And then everyone kind of went, that's, like, that's, well, the that's the list we have. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's the list of like, I think I had like one or two matches that were like, eh, maybe. And then I saw Austin's list, I was like, I, I, I have my list. And it's all the matches that already, Austin already said, so... Uh, so, Grappling Rewind's 2019 Matches of the Year, as curated by Austin <laughs> Jones. What do you want to start? You want to do individually and talk about each one of them? Um, so, these are always in no particular order. Because yeah, let's just go with whatever's on here. Yeah, so I these are... need to go in any order. These are in no order. These are just the top 10 matches of the year. We're going to have a bunch of honorable mentions as well. For sure. Um, so, the easy one for me, and this will probably be a lot of people's unofficial number one, was Gary Tonin versus Hanato Canuto at ADCC. Yeah. I mean, what else can you say, like... As far as an action pack match goes, hashtag I don't think the wildest it. shit ever. Yeah, it was like a stand up war, tons of wrestling, tons of scrambles. I don't know, getting Sometimes, like speared off the mat. Yeah, going onto the other mats. It was yeah. so this, you know, a good example of how good a match is is uh, for Thanksgiving. Um, my sister and her husband had a bunch of people over, and one of their friends also does jujitsu and she's been trying to get her boyfriend into it and he thinks it's super boring and i pulled that match up yes and then he just shut up immediately and watched it all the way through and was, he was like oh yeah if the matches were like this yeah this is great yeah absolutely. Like, i would watch this i'm like i know because we all would watch that because it's baller and like it's like thanks gary tonin for giving us i i think gary tonin legitimately may have three to five of the top 10 most exciting jujitsu matches Ever at least in a decade. I this is, that's that's, an, that's not even an overstatement like yeah. at all. Like, like I could like probably name Paul them. Harris. Yeah. versus him. Yeah. the ADCC match versus him. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bunch. Like Crone Gracie. Yeah. Crone Gracie match was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like he well, has a bunch of matches but like that. Let's also not take away from Hanato Kanuto, no, who's sure. fucking amazing to watch Dude. as well. He's so exciting to watch. Like these two, this matchup. Everyone was drooling about this to begin with, and once this match happened, they delivered. And I remember. Like the crowd going nuts and main this was you were saying that you were trying to interview Gabby Garcia around this point, I think. Oh, this is yeah. So I remember like looking and like you can basically the audio for the Gabby Garcia interview for like the first kind of half interview we did is basically useless because the crowd was losing its mind. Yeah. At a level that we think we heard like probably four or five times in that weekend, but it was basically the entire arena was inaudible. Right. And I was like, I really love to speak to Gabby Garcia now because she's giving me this interview and like we're standing right next to the mats and she's being very very nice to me, but I can't. I can't hear anything she's saying. I'm standing next to her and can't hear her. The mic definitely can't hear her. Right. So I mean, there aren't singular moments from this match. We've most of us have seen it. If you have not, you have to go and see it. It's just electric 
through and through and goes into overtime and delivers the the whole way. So um, just amazing performance. You know, like unless you guys have more to say on that, I think. No, go back and watch it. It's again, it's it's on everyone's list that made a list this year. Right. That it's just outstanding, amazing. So, next match. The so next match I had was Lachlan Giles versus Kynan Duarte at ADCC. We talked about this a little a little bit earlier. Um, this was in the absolute, the first round, right after Kynan won the plus ninety nine, and he was also ranked going into this the pound for pound best in the world in the gi, according to Flow Grappling. Um, what are the stats on this? Oh, also Giles is the lightest competitor to be on the podium for ADCC since Marcelo Garcia and Ar- Andre Galvao did it when they were both 77 and they took silver and bronze. But still, that's a pretty uh, pretty prestigious list to be on. Yeah, yep. That's a exactly. crazy list. I interviewed Lachlan after this and asked him about it and he was basically like, yeah, I think Marcelo has more of these, but um, <laughs> but it's still awesome to be like be like up there with him. Yeah. Yeah, one of the pound-for-pound pound goats. Like, oh, I think Marcelo might have done it more than me. Like, okay, but look at who you're talking about. That's pretty awesome, man. Yeah, to be up there in, on that list with Marcel. Like, again, this was such an amazing moment. The crowd absolutely lost its mind, mm-hmm. like, during this match. This was, like, I think top 10 anime, like, finishes or pop-offs of all time. And then we saw him go on and, like, do it yeah. two more times. But this match being, like, the first and being kind of against all odds, as you kind of may put it, right, was just absolutely crazy. Right. And then, I don't know, I really liked the... The response from the community, like right after Muhammad Ali was one of the guys that he'd oh, beaten. Oh, yeah. And Muhammad was like, hey, man, I guess we need to get that instructional. As soon as you can put it out, I'll be down to watch it. Like, and he, all the guys he, he beat were he super tagged, stoked. Uh, he tagged Kainan and, um, was it Gaudio? Gaudio. Yeah, he, tagged, he tagged them both in it. And, yeah. like, there was a, there's a, I think Howell was talking about it from Flow Grappling that off the mat, Gaudio was icing his knee. And, mm-hmm. um, I think it was him, it was him or Kainan and him and, I think it was him and Ali, um, basically were like upset. And then they were like both getting their knees iced and they looked over <laughs> each other and they just kind of laughed. Yeah. Like, yeah. like <laughs> this dude. Yeah. So it just, it shows you how, how cool the community can be in those, yeah. in those spaces. All right. You got the list, man. All right. Cool. Moving on to the next match. Craig Jones versus Gable Arges at Grapplefest 4. Um, this one was a big one to me, not necessarily because Jones beats Arges with a heel hook, because we kind of thought that was kind of what was going to happen going into it, since Arges mostly does gi stuff, and Craig Jones pretty much only does nogi. But the cool thing about this was to me to see how far nogi has come in terms of the sports side, where it's a completely different game than gi. So you have one of the best guys in gi losing to one of the best guys in nogi in the nogi arena. So to me, it was a really like marquee event or marquee match, I should say, to really expose how much different Nogi is than Gi. That's a really good point because, um, yeah, you know, we for a long time, I think the reason why IBJJF Worlds was the event for prestige was because those guys could go into just about any mm-hmm. rule set and wreck house for sure and now that's not necessarily the case right now there are nogi specialists who will take it who will defeat the best so that's a, that's a i hadn't thought about that yeah and there was like a ton of leg entanglements and entries from jones that if you're not up on that leg entanglement meta of the nogi world then you're going to be behind the curve and you see that even with like a really high level guy like argus um he was kind of behind the curve not to obviously not to bad mouth him at all he's amazing but it's like if you're not up on that new meta game of leg entanglements and wrestling then you're way behind the curve for nogi yeah absolutely now again i yeah you said you said everything i thought it was amazing amazing moment 
Sweet. I think you skipped one on your list. Did I skip one? No, no. He's. I mean, Austin's just going down his. I'm on yeah. the master list. Uh, oh, you have the different <laughs> list. So I got the list you sent me, man. I tried to organize Ooh, it. To yeah, let's talk weird. about this one, dude. Uh, Austin, take meet? it away. Okay. Yeah. So the next one I had was Keenan versus Miragali, the absolute of 2019 IBJJF Worlds in the first round. Oh yeah, yep. That was a huge one. Dude, um, what did Miragali rack up on this? I think he racked up ten ads. That sounds. Eight. It sounds right. He had eight a ton of ads. It, 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 the score was two points to like mm-hmm. eight or ten ads because Margali mm-hmm. uh, went ham on the loop choke. Loop yeah. choke yeah. near passes. Like yeah, the triangle attempt at one point. Um, there's a there's a bunch of submission attempts that Margali had, but I don't know. The best part of this match to me was that it's kind of the best uh, technique versus strength, and kind of I don't really want to call it that. It's probably better to say. The best play of the rule set versus aggression and athleticism. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then there's a really cool thing on flow grappling. It's maybe five minutes long that I suggest checking out. It's Keenan right after the match explaining everything that just happened. And it's not in super technical detail that you wouldn't understand. It's more like tactical detail. It's like, oh, I knew that he couldn't probably sweep me if I hold these double lapel grips uh, and a double underpass. It's like he could potentially the danger is he could potentially triangle me, which is fine because I have a triangle defense ready to go. And like he says all the vulnerabilities and then you watch Mirkali taking advantage of all the vulnerabilities. But then Keenan being like, oh, but he can't sweep me. So I'm fine. And you right. can't sweep him. It's like, I don't know that stuff to me. I like to nerd out over seeing all these weird grip exchanges where Keenan's like, oh, if he doesn't do this, I win. Oh, if he's I knew he was going to be aggressive here. But if I stop him with this like worm guard, then. He can't do anything. Keenan had some of the best breakdowns for this match I've ever seen. I think he did for sure. one or two different. I think he made a podcast with BJ Fanatics or somebody else. He has else. it on his podcast, too. When his podcast. He talk, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was him. It was Matt Byrne. Mm-hmm. And he was talking with uh, Hanger about like all of the things that he was doing in that match. And it was yeah. like, a little longer form in the yeah. interview with Flo. But like, oh, he does this and go here. And like, oh, tactically, I thought he would. And basically, he talks all about the tactics of the match. Yes. Like, hey, here's what I was thinking going into this. And he talks about a bunch of different guys that he's faced. And like, oh, I thought this guy would do this here at the beginning. He talks about like him versus Leandro Lowe and like all the right. different like it was a really cool and Keenan's come put out some really great content this year talking about like the tactics behind a lot of the choices he makes and like why he has crafted the game that he has and I think this match and, like the breakdown and the match in itself yeah the was- match itself is really awesome anyway but then to have him like you said go back and then yeah. talk about it directly and I think it's extra special to catch him right after the match because everything's fresh everything's fresh but then it's like to have that kind of recall because I don't know when, yeah as soon as as soon as you, if you catch me after a match, I I'm can't like, remember shit. I don't know anything. I'm like, uh, yeah. I don't know. I blacked out and then raised one of our hands. I don't really know what happened. <laughs> it's like, true. It's also yeah, really cool. He knew talk, so much stuff. We talk about how dangerous Margali is in the gi and like to, that he had so many submission attempts on Keenan and he wasn't able to tap him. Yeah. I think, and this segues into the next one that Austin has here. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why this was such a big deal was next match. Nicholas Marigali submitting Muhammad Ali in the 2019 IBJJF Worlds Super Heavy Final. Holy yeah. shit. That was some crazy that shit. That was huge. Yeah. I, you know, like, we knew Marigali was good, but this, I think, absolutely cemented, like... It was so dominant that it was pretty nuts. Muhammad Ali looked out, out of, like, like, a fish out of water. Like, it was yeah. insane. Yeah, Marigali, I don't, I don't think we see that many guys attacking at this high level with that many submissions in one match it was no. p- up until the finish i mean i don't know he had triangle set up he had an almost set up an armbar set up at one point 
and props and to Ali for getting and, out of and it. And everything looked scary and dangerous. Yeah, everything was a threat. We see a lot of f- subs at the high level that like sure. that aren't subs where it's like, oh, he's throwing this jab. thing up and it's like, it's not going to sure. go. And then you saw every sub that Margali was throwing up in this match was like, oh, that's a legit, like, yeah. if this doesn't get defended, like, really, If you had really someone well. less explosive and athletic than Ali, who's as game as he is, I'm pretty sure he would have tapped him on one of the earlier subs. Oh, easily. Oh, yeah. easily. easily. And like it, that Omoplata setup was just like, it yeah, was Yeah, he had to like cartwheel over, pass through to over-unders to get out of a triangle. It's like, who see, has to do that? We see Mergali chain attacks like that all the time. Yeah. It's an onslaught when he's coming at you, and they are legitimate. Like, And what I think the thing that really almost like terrifies me was like the end sequence, like... He it wasn't a flash submission like he yeah, controlled he, grind, he grinded it for he sure. grinded Muhammad Ali out that's right. fucking nuts that's crazy you're saying it's like oh my god I remember how like, I love I love this show for this reason because you remember all these moments and like how it kind of reminds me of how we felt when he first broke these matches down on the mm-hmm. show for like the world's recap show we did and the ADCC finals recap and like every match we go through I'm like oh yeah, I remember like talking about how cool of a moment that was and like reliving the feeling of breaking it down again you know you know what now I'm starting to like piece it together there's like because you know Mergali is the most dangerous mm. athlete that I can think of like there are people that I can probably put maybe one or two people who are, are, are a handful of people that are maybe all around just a little bit better but you're splitting hairs you're here, splitting hairs sure. but like I know he reminds saying. me when I'm thinking about it of like Mike Tyson mm-hmm. right like Mike Tyson who could just fucking put anybody down at any moment. Yeah. Wasn't like, like wasn't complete necessarily, but, but he's like, KOing everyone. Yeah. He's KOing everybody. Yeah. Like that's, that's what he reminds me of that. Like Mergali really is just like, it. just so fucking dangerous. Like he could, at any given moment, he could submit anybody. Yeah. Not, one of the, not be yes. submit. That, and that's, I think that's the difference with Margali is like, you look at a matchup, you're like, like, the question is usually not, like, will he beat him? Is like, does he sub him? Right. Because it was 2018. This is still the craziest stat ever. If Mergali beats you in 2018, he submitted you. Yeah. And it was just like, dude, what? Yeah. Everyone? And yeah. all the majors you did? Yeah. Speaking of 2018, this is his second world title, so that's, like, extra special to me. When you're a multiple-time world champion, that kind of cements you. As it an cements outlier. You, it cements your legacy, for yeah. sure. You're an outlier. Yeah. That's yeah. what Maine and I call outliers. Is if like, you win a world title, you're already like in the pantheon of like BJJ legends. But then right. it's yeah. like to win a second one is something special. Because we've, sure. we talked about it when we did the outlier show. was like everyone, not everyone, but like if you're on that level, a guy can win it on the day. You can have a day that's just like, for what sure. happened that day? You were just on. But to do it twice, yeah. especially like in a short time frame, like Margali doing it. Did he win last year? He won 18-19. Yeah, 18, yeah to win two years in a row is just like, okay, you have that something special where you can you can do that. And submitting in the world finals. Yeah. Yep. Dude. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, so. Uh, We're so. all out of order, man. I, I don't know where on my list. Right. My list yeah. is way out of order. We'll just go on my list then. Yeah. All right, next one. Gabriel Arjes versus Asaki Behens in the 2019 World's Final at middleweight. Um, this was pretty crazy. This match I added because of the heavy drama. Um, just as a reminder, Asaki was the world champion last year. Mm-hmm. He'd already won Euros and Pans, and almost no one scored any points on him, like almost all like all year. So this was pretty crazy. They're tied four to four. Um Argus is down by an advantage, and they're stuck in 50-50. And they're nearly out of time. He comes out of the back door and comes up on a body lock, runs Asaki down, and then scores on him in the last 30 seconds, and then he beats him out for the middleweight final. For the world title, it was freaking awesome. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was it, it was last second, um, and it was this the back take was so close. Yeah, it was so damn close. Um, yeah, that was an outstanding. This is match. one of those definitely on the, on the edge of your seat matches, especially if you know like the at the stakes that these guys are at. To give you an idea of, I, I'm looking at my notes here. To give you an idea of how dominant Bahance is, he knocked out JT Torres in the quarters. That's nuts. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, like that. Yeah, the the path to this was no joke, and then to see that match was just. That was a crazy division too. I don't. I can't pull up a single match off of the division. But I remember that being like a really crazy division. All, like a bunch of guys had like really strange like pathways to the finals there. Yeah, I think BJJ Heroes might have it where they have like a ranking system of like who has the most points for difficulty through like a bracket or something like that for Worlds. Okay. And I want to say both of them had a really crazy path to getting to the finals, and they had like I think it's out of four points maybe. I'm not sure, but they both had like three point something Jesus. points. Of difficulty getting to the finals. Yeah, that was an absolutely crazy. These are all matches you can go back and rewatch, and you honestly kind of should to give you a framework for like, hey, twenty twenty might be uh might be super awesome. Yeah. You got anything else on that one? That's it. Let's move on. Right, move on to the next one. All right. So the next one I had, Mikey Musumeci versus Bruno Malfacine, twenty nineteen <laughs> yeah. Roosterweight semifinal. Oh my god. This is the final. Like we all pretend like this wasn't the finals, but like this right. was the finals because the person that won this. Was gonna be the champion. I think sure. uh, Mikey beat. Was it Tommy Yashimoto? In the uh, finals, Rodney, Rodney Barbosa. Rodney yeah, Barbosa. Twelve okay. second ankle lock. Yeah. Was it twelve or sixteen? Uh, twelve. It was like twelve, 12 seconds. seconds. It was the like that modified. It was the Kyotero lock. Yeah. I think lock. Musumeci does it a little differently, but yeah, he, he does. He has a so, slightly different like angle. Yeah. The the Malfacine match was truly. You know the the finals equivalent. Yeah, and this this, sure. this drama had some this dra- this bracket had some drama going into it. Oh my god! And because Kayo and Bruno's history together and they're back and forth over years at Roosterweight, and then Mikey almost not making Roosterweight. He had to shave his head apparently to like make the weight. That's why he had that like buzz cut. Dude, he, he barely made the weight, and yeah. like he, they talked about how tough the cut was for him, mm-hmm. and that he like. And you see him, there's a video, of, I don't know where we can find it, probably in Flow somewhere, of like him weighing in on the scale. And you see like his relief of like, oh my God, I made the rooster weight. <laughs> and think about that, returning world champion, going down a weight class to fight the GOAT. Mm-hmm. Undisputed 10 time or 11 time? I think he's won 10 times. Maybe 11, I, I could be wrong. I don't know, man. I'm not sure. Uh, the winningest, it was 10, I think, yeah. As I the recall. winningest rooster weight, hands oh, down. Oh, for sure. Like, the dude that's won rooster weight, I think, almost half the times that it's existed. That sounds right. He's won. Right. You know, and to come down to his weight class, and you and his professor, so him and your professor have been going about it for years. You, <laughs> then your guy comes in, the prodigy from that professor comes in and beats him, and it's a close match. And they tried to Brazilian moose Mechi hard, and he still got it done. Yeah. yeah. And this is the heavy, like you said, the heavy drama made this a really awesome match. And then the no handshake from Bruno at the end, he kind of yeah. does like the Fonzie Tuku for school, like let me comb my hair as, I, as you try to shake my hand. And then Mikey's looking at the crowd like, what's going on? And they're all cheering for him. I don't know. The drama He's made like, that match okay. really great already yeah. in a match that was really back and forth, super technical, and like 50-50 battles. Mikey like cements himself, not just as an outlier, but like, I mean, he's he's entering into you know, discussion for greatest of all time. I sort looked of at his record. Yeah. We did some, what do we look at? It was maybe for World Jiu-Jitsu Festival. We looked at Michael Musumeci's record at Black Belt. And he's what, like two losses that he's avenged once and twice yeah. at Black Belt. Like, dude, what? Yeah. You've beaten everyone you've ever faced at Black Belt. Yeah. Like, that's the, like, no one is undefeated in Jiu-Jitsu. He has two losses of which he avenged 
both. Yeah. Both. Yeah. Yeah, so he's – that was an outstanding moment. Absolutely. And he's little, too. <laughs> One for the little guys. <laughs> My people lost him. Speaking of little guys, let's move on to the next match. I had Nikki Ryan versus Keith Krikorian from the 2019 ADCC North American Trials. Yep. This to me was special because it was like the one of the coming out parties to me for Nikki Ryan. Um, I've been watching him and Gordon Ryan for a while since they did like good fight super fights before like tournament events and stuff like that. And like everyone was saying how good Nikki was when he was like thirteen or fourteen. They're like, hey, no, yeah, this guy, this guy Gordon's good, but watch out for his little brother. He's also a killer and way meaner. And they like, made jokes about it like yeah. years ago, and it was like I think it was. Uh, Twitter posts like from like 2013 or 14 mm-hmm. it was uh, when Gary Tone was still Gordon Ryan's main yes. coach he talked about like we trained you wrong uh, as a joke your brother's <laughs> the guy we're really gonna like make sure he yeah. does it right he would make jokes about Nikki all the time he's like I don't roll with Nikki he's too scary they would, like joke around all the time when he did like seminars at our gym and stuff well like he did someone at the gym and mm-hmm. then I because this was like right before I came to the gym I was mm-hmm. still at the other gym mm-hmm. and I came in and you guys talked about like he was at the party and then yeah. he got a call on the phone that Nikki Ryan had broken an adult like yes. adult's leg yeah. at some at some tournament. Right. And he was like 13, I think, or 14, maybe. He had to be young teens, yeah. But so to me, again, let's go back to this match. He ends up subbing Kokorian with a rear naked choke, kind of that mandible across the jaw kind of choke. Like Not face kind crush. of, yes. Like yeah. yes. Well, and I but like the the end sequence is is brutal, yeah. It, sure. it was a face crush, but the match itself was amazing. It was yeah. like seven minutes or so long. Sounds right. And I I watched it earlier today. It was an awesome fucking match because it it had moments of guard playing, but both of them had a ton of really good stand up, mm-hmm. single leg takedowns, um, just like it, like just insane back and forth um, until you know Nikki eventually like. You know, also, found the, that opening. the storyline for this match is really cool, too. Yeah, oh, Nikki yeah. Ryan ha- didn't do the East Coast trials because he was sick or he was injured. I forget which one it was. And then, so this is his last shot because Nikki Ryan was previously the youngest ADCC contestant ever because he got in. Late when, step in yeah. He was a late step mm-hmm. in in 2017 in Finland when someone got injured. Right. Like the day before weigh-ins. So he made the weight. He got beat by Aga's arm, I think, in the first round. Right. So then yeah. they're like, okay, well, he's not been probably active enough to get an invite to ADCC, so he's going to have to win at trials. And then, so he was sick for the East Coast trials. So this is his last shot to get into ADCC legitimately through like winning a trials and Krikorian who had placed second place at the East Coast trials and had been tearing up the Nogi scene was on pace to basically he got beat by John Combs at the East Coast trials and so these two guys, kind of like the prodigy that's been to ADCC but gotten late versus the guy that is like so close at the East Coast Trials, they meet up in the finals. And so it has all it has everything we need for like one of our matches of the year. Not it has just the that. drama, the storyline, the stakes. But Nikki submits his way through the entire fucking event. Right. Yeah. So he submitted uh, Ara Muradian, Anton- Antonio Lopez, Cade Rotolo, who has had a fucking breakout year richard alarcon who upset johnny grippo at adcc yeah mm-hmm. and then of course keith kokorian that's that's fucking incredible yeah. you know to to submit Cade rotolo richard alarcon and keith kokorian in a row that's f- fucking dude the west coast trials were crazy they're yeah. crazy and i'll talk about that event broadly speaking but yeah i agree that this match we're, i'm going a, next year it was a phenomenal match 
and it had a great narrative going into it. And I love both of those guys. Of course. You know, like oh, yeah. Keith Kikorian and Nikki Ryan are both super entertaining. Um, I'm working on a piece with uh, Kikorian coming up. Awesome. Hopefully in the next couple months. I'm going to try to basically um, do a big interview piece with him where we talk about a bunch of his matches that he's done over the years. Hell yeah. And kind of get his thoughts going. So look out for that in the next like... Uh, like two to six months. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, we're, we're in main time, which is like it'll come out eventually. <laughs> All right, so next match: Leandro versus Canon Duarte, 2019 IBJJF World's Heavy Final. This is to me really special because it's almost a changing of the guard of who's the best in the division right now. Um, it was a five to two win for Canon. Kynan, however you pronounce it, I've heard it both ways. He, he said either way. Look, we interviewed yeah. him at Fight to Win <laughs> Philly. He yeah. was like, he was like, you can Brazilians say whatever. Say Kynan. He's like, you Americans can say Kanan. Yeah. It's fine. Fair enough. So here's the, here's the two big points I wanted to make about this match. So Lowe's really known for being the guard passer and sweep guy. And Kanan both did both of those things too low, which I think is pretty crazy. He passed Lowe's guard and he swept him from this single leg X to like tech, tech up with a pants grip kind of grip. We're seeing that a ton recently. Yes. Like that is a really That's popular become kind of the... Like the go-to thing for the guys who are middleweight and above, I've been seeing. It's like a collar and pant grip tech up, and then kind of to like a kind of a crappy wrestling single. Yeah, yeah. it's been the most annoying thing to fight in the gym ever because mm-hmm. it's like it's really hard to stop because the guy yeah. gets he's far he's at that middle range far enough away and you're like I can't really close the distance and I want to pull and sweep but I'm far, too far to do that but you have dominant grip. It's a really like it's a cool little meta thing we see in this match as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, like I said, this match special because. I think it's it's like a changing of the guard moment. A lot like the Musumeci and Bruno Malfacine match. You've seen this guy who's been so dominant for so long, and you see this kind of like young up and comer phenom in his first year as black belt. Yes. Oh my god, this was his first year yes. as black belt. Yeah, dog. Yeah, Whoa, that was a huge. That was a I huge forgot moment. Forgot about that. Yeah. There's so there's been so much this year. I'd forgotten about that. But yeah, you're right. That was yeah, his first was year black huge. belt. Yeah. To win a title your first year at Black Belt versus like a guy like Leandro Lowe, like yeah. a dominant champion at what? Heavyweight. Three yeah. or four different weight classes, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. Is Lowe a four division champion or a f- three or I four? I want to say three. Yeah. But maybe, I don't know. It might be four. I'm not yeah. sure. I'd have to look it up. But yeah, it's that was a huge moment. And like we're starting to see this complete grappler, you know, like mm-hmm. – uh, Kainan and and complete grapplers. Kainan is definitely a complete grappler, but we're starting to see them more and more now uh, <coughs> emerge. At, excuse me, sorry. As an excited meal, I'm just. So we're talking about we're out. talking about Kainan. Yeah. Like Kanan, you're like one of your favorite dudes. Proud of my boy. You're my boy, Blue. Um, no, but we're starting to see these complete complete grapplers. Like Leandro <laughs> is incredible, but we've seen that he has holes in his game. You know, we saw Craig Jones uh, beat him, whatever. Yeah. Kainan is on a on a different level, and we're yeah. starting to see that. So, yeah, big changing of the card. All right, and our final match for the top 10 list, Tex Johnson versus Felipe Pena at Kasai Pro 5. Tex Johnson submits Felipe Pena yeah. via heel hook. And uh, that shit was wild. Because, like, no one picked that. Like, no one picked, yeah. oh, Tex is going to beat Felipe. Oh, he's going to beat him by sub. But, I mean, if you look at Tex, like, that is Tex's pathway to victory for most guys. Like, for he sure. is a leg lock dude that will grab, grip, and rip. So, this was this was one of the biggest upsets of the year, I think. I would definitely 100%. say for sure it is. If, if Pena can multiple times, like, big dog fucking Gordon Ryan, right. like the king of the leg locks, like, yeah, I it's a huge upset for Tex Johnson to be able to do it. And then I think the drama of the match, too, kind of like, did he hold the, the heel hook too long? Should he have let go he said he didn't feel the tap at first he, in the interview after the match he said he talked with Murillo and they're all good now but 
during the match, there was some heavy drama. Felipe didn't want to shake his hand at first because it seemed like he held the heel hook too long. And then we had to watch a replay from different angles to make sure. So I kind of like that kind of outside drama in addition to being a really big upset. I didn't really think she was a drama guy. I'm really really not. Like, I like really technical. It pulls us in, man. We can can talk talk all we want. That makes it memorable. Yeah. It does. Like, I love the super technical stuff, but sometimes you have a match where it's like, ooh, I remember that because he held it on, held on a little too long, and it was a crazy upset. Like, that's that's what cements it in your head. I remember remember looking at this and kind of, like, never being able to determine, like, did he hold too long or not? It was, like, always, like, it's, like, eh, and the line, because there's a weird transition that happens as they Mm -hmm. roll under on the leg lock, and I was just, like, "Eh," and then everyone's, like, cool at the end. And then we still see Penna, you know, for sure. compete again. But dude, that was—I mean, we're watching that live. Mm-hmm. I think I—I I was one. I think it was one of those yell at my screen matches where I was like, "Oh my god, he yeah. got him! He got him!" I remember messaging you, and I think I just messaged, "Holy shit!" <laughs> like I don't even think without context, like not necessarily in a group chat, just messaged you, and you were like, "I know," <laughs> like it had nothing. Like you didn't need any context. No, it was great. So that was uh. So that's—is that all the matches? Really? That's it. Yeah, man, that is a that is a. Dude, what a, what a good year! That's awesome. 2019 year. was yeah. a baller year, and like this, this is one of the first. Last year was good. This year there were so many other matches. So do you want to move into honorable mention matches now, where it's like, oh, it didn't make the top ten list, but it's still like a really good match, or do you want to go into like some let's, other items? Let's we have? let's go into the upsets because I mean, the, the honorable men. There's been a ton of good jujitsu. It's hard for to sure. even pick honorable mentions. All right, so let's talk about the top upsets of the year for 2019 for professional jujitsu matches. We just talked about the first match, Tex Johnson versus Felipe Pena. Like that was a yep. huge upset, and like no one sure. thought that Tex would go out and submit Pena with a heel hook. Like better yet, beat him on points, submit him. And we also talked about one of the earlier ones that we'll just kind of gloss over, but Lachlan versus all of ADCC. Right. That's in my notes. I have it as <laughs> Lachlan versus ADCC. Yeah. Well, we haven't. We talked about kind. On, we didn't really talk, and we'll just mention, you know, him submitting Gaudio. Mm-hmm. You know, of, of course, uh, Lachlan loses to Gordon, but then in the third place goes up uh, against Muhammad Ali. Yeah. And fucking submits all of them. And the size difference was colossal. I think the smallest size difference was. Patrick Gaudio. Uh, I think Gaudio might have been one of the larger ones, actually. Oh, Kanan's kind of a smaller person. Yeah, I, I think yeah. Kanan was was the smaller, and Muhammad and Gaudio were like, They're massive. you know, like I thought Gaudio was under ninety nine. I'm trying to remember. I think it might have been cl- very close to a hundred pound weight difference. Oh, like all that, the guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on 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 the heavier ones. Yeah, yeah. Just fucking yeah. Um, Muhammad Ali was two hundred and sixty fucking pounds. <laughs> He's a big dude. Two hundred and sixty pounds, and he was fucking ripped. It wasn't. And he fought Tim a- Spriggs, and he fought Nicky Rodriguez, and then Lachlan Giles comes out, who is uh, my size, bro. And I've stood next to Muhammad Ali, and he is um, he is a brick of a human. Yeah, yeah. yeah I come up to like his pack. I come He's up to Nicky Rodriguez figure, dude. So like any one of those would have been memorable. For all three, it was just like for sure. I remember I came back from I was like backstage watching matches, and then we watched Lachlan win. I was like, I'm gonna go back and sit with everyone at our seats because I actually want to like stop doing like backstage stuff for a minute and just watch how this turns out. Yeah, and the crowd for those three matches was electric. Those yeah. were I think three of the top five. Maybe top five or six biggest like shouts from the crowd the entire event were those three heel hook finishes and like I get kind of like goosebumps still thinking about it like how electric that arena was it was it was something special that I I can't think of another moment in grappling that would ever have happened like yeah. that I I still remember Lachlan after Kainan stepping up and doing the like 
uh, gladiator. Like, are you not entertained? <laughs> like, like striding around the mat. Oh, god damn. That's such so a good moment. Good. That's so yeah. cool. Like, I can't, like, that gets me excited to go to, like, go to ADCC again. I was yeah. like, man, that, that moment. Um, so that was those two matches. So Lachlan versus ADCC. So let's talk about an, a new match, also from ADCC. Fucking stunning. Equally breathtaking. Vion Davies mm-hmm. beating Bia Mosquito by snapping her arm. Backwards. Yeah. Bia Mosquito, <laughs> the defending ADCC champion, you know, multiple time world champion. You name it. Bia's won it. And Fion's coming up as an up-and-comer and they'd already met earlier this year. Was it Euros uh, or was it Euro- Worlds? I can't remember. I, was, I would say it was like the Grand Prix or something, right? Like something like the not Grand Prix, uh, like Grand Abu Slam. Dhabi. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think I want to say Bia won like by like a lot of points. Like, well, it was a lot, but we we talked about this. If you actually mm-hmm. watch the match, it was a very narrow mm-hmm. like. It, it was, was it was a closer match than the points suggest. Yeah, it was, yeah, oh, that was that match. Okay, yeah, that was the one where Fion was winning, and then. It was like 10 to 2 or something, I think. Bia hits, like, yeah. is able to, like, destabilize her, hits the sweep, but then yeah. lands in, like, mount more or right. less and doesn't hold it for very long. Right. And, yeah, it, there was a large portion of that match. So, so Fion had lost to Bia earlier that year and comes out and just, you know, breaks just her arm. Gets a saw. And, the, yeah, just that was, I, was, I was Matt's side during that, and I was like, ooh, ooh, it went the wrong way. Oh, yeah. Mm. No. Ew. It was it was gross. It was gross. It was an amazing match. It was a huge upset. Yeah, yeah it was huge upset. another really like, great moment from ADCC 2019. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Misa Bastos versus Rukaka Uwasa. Oh man, Rukaka Uwasa is the most defendingest. Uh, is it Roostway from women? What division is mm. she at? I can't remember the, 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 the lightest classes. the lightest women's weight class for IBJJF and has been the defending champion. Has been pretty unbeatable um, at that in that event at that weight class for a while now, my Sebastos comes and takes the title from her. Yeah. And like everyone, everyone picked Yuasa. Like you going into that, it was like, okay, it's going to, it's going to be Yuasa. Who's she going to be in the finals with? Misa coming in and winning that world title over Rukaki Yuasa was a huge upset and really cemented her as like a new player in that top of that division. And, you know, on the world stage, she's now the, she's now the one to beat. Yep. Absolutely. Another huge matchup. We already kind of talked about it a little bit. Uh, Keenan versus Margali. Yep. I think in hindsight, this has been less. This is not less impressive, but going into this matchup, everyone had Margali for sure, and it was like, okay, Margali is going to win because Margali had been beating everyone, been submitting everyone, and this was in this is an absolute. Or was this in weight? This was an absolute. This is an absolute. And then Keenan gets it done with the sweep, and then there's like ten or eight ads racked up by Margali, and Keenan. I think calling Keenan the underdog is not. To badmouth Keenan, I think everybody no. knows how good he is. He's even said it himself. I think in that interview I was talking about earlier, where he's saying he said kind of, and and not and not so many words. He basically said everyone lists these few guys like Mergali, Keenan, you know, all these top tier guys who are going to win everything basically. And he's like, and I I don't really. He's like, I'm kind of like a second like afterthought. Like I'm one of those guys on the level, but I'm not the guy anybody thinks is going to win everything. Right. So to have that win, he he definitely even said it was a feather in his cap that you know he yeah. could implement his game plan so well. Yeah, yeah. At, at the moment, I really kind of want to like want to come back to that. But at the moment, though, this was a pretty big upset because everyone picked Margali to win both. Yeah, of course, wait, absolute. Like he was probably Margali, and then have Keenan win that was mm-hmm. was at the moment a huge upset. So moving on. <laughs> That made me laugh. My note, uh, Nikki Rod versus Expectations. The best note ever. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to pick any one of those moments, right? Because uh, 
you know, we saw him have an incredible run at West Coast Trials of ADCC, but then, you know, you still don't know how he's going to fare when he starts. He'd been training off. like 18 months, right? Yeah. 18 months in jujitsu. And everyone went, okay, he's phenomenal. He's really good. And then you see him like he beat this guy. He beat that guy. He beat this guy. And so he's going into. The entirety of the year, yeah. you watched him just like, yeah, he beat the next guy. Yeah, it's a good guy. I had this problem. He beat this guy. But then he goes into ADCC and his first fucking draw is Muhammad Ali. And you're like, oh, let's see how this turns out. Yeah, it's like, all right, now, the, the way, now we're going to see. That was the first was, match of the tournament. He was yeah. already beating black belts at blue belt, but yeah. then it's like, oh, well, this is th- that's just regular everyday black belts, not these up, you know, top-tier black belts. It's like, well, okay, and then he catches Muhammad Ali and yeah. wins. So Yeah, no, and as Maine said, that was off the bat, like the very first moments of ADCC, we got to see that. Yeah. And the crowd was already going fucking. And then, just just them walking out onto the mats, the crowd lost their fucking mind. Yep. Um, they knew that they were in for a show. We got a fucking awesome show. Um, then he fights, turning champion, not returning champion, previous champion Orlando Sanchez. Yep. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, okay, so Ali's good, but Ali's you know not yeah, necessarily yeah, known he as a like no good player. Ali in the last moments with a really dope yeah, fireman. And then Orlando. He's not going to fireman's carry Orlando. Yeah. And then and then. First thing of the match, he snaps Orlando down hard as shit, and everyone goes, "Oh snap! Nicky Rod's here. Not he's here for uh, here for keeps." Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then beats Orlando, and yeah. then you're like, "Okay, so Orlando, you know, we don't see him very often." And, and you have these caveats. <laughs> you have these caveats yeah. you go through, and then he wins in Cyborg, and you're like, "Okay, Cyborg's already been a champion ADCC. He's already won the absolute." Like, okay, and then he just, and then he wins the decision over Cyborg, and it was like. Yo, Nicky Rod is the real fucking deal. He's going to the fucking final, yeah. yeah. Like, holy shit. Yeah, and he had he had a pretty competitive final with Kainan yeah, up until... Yeah, Kainan spent a lot of time on yeah. his back, but then he gets out, and then you see him trying to... Like, 20 minutes in, you see him aggressively almost passing the guard, and almost in... Like, no one expected that no. from Nicky Rod. No. And, like, that, this cemented him. Like, yo, he is on the level. Put him on the map of like this is a top level guy at the weight class in Nogi. Yep. And then he gets a purple belt. Yeah. And we all pretend like we're playing the same game. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I'm a purple belt too. Oh, yeah. this is lies. Yeah. yeah. But it was it's amazing. Yeah, just to see him to see him break out. Um was was amazing. I can't wait if it looks like in two years. Yeah. Like how much better <laughs> it'll be how it'll, much more jujitsu he's gonna have in two years. Yeah, with with fucking Gordon Ryan training with that was him. at Henzo's a lot of the time now he's yeah. still at uh, South Jersey Beach Day a lot of time and Craig yeah. Jones because he, he's with all those guys and he's training like a pro athlete with that grappling background it's like it's man he had a he had a hell of a gonna be fucking high but um, I want to talk about one of the most like I I was like watching this match and this is a edge of the seat upset Lucas Lepre taking down Kainan Duarte at Absolute in Euros that was fucking huge and it wasn't just that lucas lapri won it was how he did it he decided to do stand-up against <laughs> kainan duarte that's how he decided that he was going to score his points the more i think about this the crazier it's, it's I'm fucking like, I'm nuts. like oh my god this and actually I went back happened and I, and I was like what the fuck is he doing he's like <laughs> he's standing with fucking kainan that's I'm one like, of those things you look at like the guy you're coaching you're like don't do you just yell like don't do that don't like, do that no, don't play that game don't do that at all and he manages to do it and so he's, you know, they uh, Lucas um, gets taken down because, you know, standing with Kainan's a terrible idea. Right. Kainan uh, does a knee pick, you know, takedown or whatever. And he does a, a tech up, you know, is able to get a takedown. And then 
Kainan is able to to sweep him, and so Kainan's up four to two, and like time is fucking running out. You know, like there are uh, there are not many seconds left. I'm trying to see thirty three seconds remaining in mat time, and Lapree gets a fucking takedown, and the crowd is just fucking losing their shit at this point. Uh, yeah, it was awesome match, huge it's upset, bonkers. really, 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 really incredible. Um, another match. Uh, this is ordered weird match. now, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's upset match featuring Lucas Lapree. Uh, but on the losing side, Dante Leone taking him down in ADCC, taking his fucking back. Yeah. Word. Taking his fucking back. Dude, Dante Leone had a hell of a year. He's, he's going to be on our lower on our list here. Um, Dante Leone had a hell of a year. Like, to see a guy like Lepre, they can beat Kainan, and then have a guy like Dante, you're like, a guy that, like, we've seen, he's looked really good. He got Not just a year ago, I have, I, I'm looking at this list right now. A year ago, when we were doing our um, recap mm-hmm. of 2018, grapplers to watch, grapplers to watch: Mike Padilla, Wagner Hosha, and third Dante Leon. Yo, I'm saying oh, we wow. called it. We fucking called <laughs> it. We called it. Yeah, like he's. Like, I'm gonna make that list like 30 guys this year. So like in 2020, <laughs> I'd be like I totally called it. Man, you listed 45 guys. I totally <laughs> called it. <laughs> but I mean, like he's 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 a rare blend of now becoming successful and he just and, won the worlds and entertaining nogi worlds he just won nogi worlds this last weekend yeah yeah true he's he's a combination of and he didn't close out successful so we know he's a gangster <laughs> yeah he could have closed out at worlds and he was like nah i'll fight for it yeah and then like getting like pre like he's a dude like that is a huge upset and that really showed that dante leon is on that level of like world beater top level guy yeah so that's what i got for biggest upsets that's like Let's call it That's five, between list. five to eight. Yeah. Biggest upsets so of the year. What I want to talk about now are the rewind recommends. So these are matches that, as Main and I and the Grappling Rewind team were, you know, going through week to week, you know, if we saw a match that we had stopped and would, would be like, yo, you got to see this match, um, we, we would put it down on this list. Um, some of them. We, we say we. This is a list that Emil <laughs> curates because uh, none of us can ever remember to do it. So this is a thank you for Emil. Like these are the matches that there are fire barn burner matches that you should go back and watch because they are entertaining and really back and forth and exciting. This is the like exciting hot fire matches dial on dial on of 2019. That's right. <laughs> um, and so we've already talked about a couple of them, but I'll go into the new ones here. So uh, first off, we have. At Fight to Win 99, a gi match, Gerson Atigue versus Santos Rivera. This was, I mean, like, this is one of those matches where off the bat in the first five seconds, there's like, you know, or, or 15 seconds, there's a rolling toehold, you know, where you're just like, okay, all right, they're, like, they're going to... These guys are going. They're, they're going for it. But what was remarkable about this match was all of the different um, uh, styles and techniques, gi techniques. You know, there was, again, this rolling toehold, spider guard sweeps, uh, triangle, straight arm bar, uh, and counter toe hold off of these. So there were like counter submission attempts in this, uh, back takes. This was a match that was like an exemplar of what gi jujitsu could be. It's not just, you know, eking it's out It's not ads. grip and hold. It's not like butt touch ad. It's like right. this is like, oh, these guys can – these guys can push a pace regardless of it being in the gi or no gi. And, you know, like so many of the like truly exciting matches that we've seen, a lot of them will be our no gi. 
um, in part because we're starting to see a lot of promotions that are strictly nogi, yeah, um, encourage nogi things like with that. With the stuff that but, we watch for the most part, we just tend to watch a little bit more nogi because they're just is just featured on Super Fight Scene a little more. Exactly, yeah. but you know this was this was a gi match that was amazing. So next up is not a single match. Um, but a series of matches. This is oh, the yeah. ADCC West Coast <laughs> Trials Finals. All of them. All of them are Rewind Recommends. Six out of seven of these divisions ended in a submission in the finals. Dude, That's fucking nuts. I, I remember just watching this. And if you go to Flow Grappling and you click on the finals match, they you can sort by finals matches. There, So many of them are like two minutes long. You know, you're just like, holy fucking shit. So here, here's a list of the things that happened in the ADCC West Coast Trials Finals. We already talked about Nicky Ryan blowing through his division with all submissions and submitting Keith Kokorian in a really exciting match. That's sixty under sixty six kilos. There mm-hmm. are here are some of the absurdly exciting fighters that came out of that West Coast tri- fi- uh, West Coast Trials. We had, of course. You know, Nicky Ryan, Josh Hinger, yeah. who had a fucking awesome run. Subbed his way. He's the guy that could have gotten an invitation. He was like, you know what? No, I want to earn my spot. And he's talked about that on Matt Byrne and a bunch mm-hmm. of other interviews, like earning, being able to earn his spot. And what is he, like 97 years old or something? <laughs> yeah. What he always says, he's like the oldest guy ever. Like 30. Actually, like 30. the funny thing is, in, in the, the finals trials, match, yeah. Keenan Cornelius is, he's, he's is commentating. commentating yeah. And he goes, Don't Josh Hinger's, he's, he's yeah. like, Josh Hinger's fighting for all the over 30s right yeah, now. Yeah, he did say that. Yeah, it was like. But he wins. And he wins and you were like fucking fast dude, too. gets it done uh other exciting grapplers mason fucking fowler who had mm-hmm. a fire match with bb B- monstro in the opening rounds of uh what is it 80 ADCC. Kil- 88 kilogram yeah. at adcc uh no it wasn't 88 that was um was it 77 well whatever mason fowler was fucking super exciting nikki rodriguez also fucking coming out of this fucking adcc West this is Coast that crazy ass back take yeah this mm-hmm. is that cartwheel so, back take that we yeah, talked about, talk about where that it actually worked yeah and it, just a teleportation that Nikki <laughs> hits uh, in the finals to get the rear naked choke to win. This is also where we saw Amanda Levis flying armbar of Maggie Grandotti a minute and 20 seconds into the match. Mm-hmm. Mason Fowler's fi- uh, finish was that insane Oma Plata where Keenan's like, oh, he should really connect his hands around the face. And Mason connects his hand around the face, starts ripping it, gets all the way to the back, and finishes the Oma Plata with the rear naked yeah. choke. Yeah. It was Minari just style, baby. terrible. Um, you know, um, yeah. It, Josh Hanger gets a front headlock 20 seconds in, and mm-hmm. Keenan's like, oh, this is over. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a minute and it's five seconds. Anaconda. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's a finish. So, yeah. All of these Rewind recommends. Go back and watch it. Um, really, really fucking exciting um, and, and very easy to just go to the event and and sort by the finals. So I got to find a excuse to go out there to West Coast Trials next time. Um, third match, Joao Gabriel, Batista, D'Souza, defeating Hiago George in Abu Dhabi, London Grand Slam. I want to take a brief moment before I get into this match. You know, Flo, like, has some friction with people, but one thing that you have to just admire about them is the Abu Dhabi, London Grand Slam had 900 match almost 900 match videos that's, that's a fucking crazy amount insane. of footage holy shit really that, yes I, when i went back yeah i went back to to find this match and i was like it had like 876 or something like that i was like this is just that's incredible yeah. you know like regardless of you know how you want to look at their business model that's it's incredible that there exists an organization that 
cross platform cross promotions has that level of detail now that we can go back and look it up you know that's, that's, a, that's a crazy man that's the one event that's one event that's 900 matches for one event yeah so this match between uh, uh draw gabriel and hiago george was a fire gi match insane pace it's down to the wire like Oma Plata's by Hiago, Souza has an insane scramble to a single leg, and um, what was really insane was like Hiago's uh, girlfriend was there, like, like oh this match, yeah 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 yeah, yeah I remember this yeah, match. Yeah, they now. had they had her in like the the like um they had a picture in picture picture in picture because it was yep, that yep. that event had some of the best production of any event. They had the sky cam, they had the corner cam, yep. they had the match cams, and then they had yeah. the, the instant replays. Um, and so they had, you know, they were, they had her and you could see her reactions going through this. There was a lot of drama between the gyms, uh, between these two guys. Um, and this just goes down to the fucking wire. Um, they're tied up and, and, um, uh, draw Gabriel ends up winning, um, because, uh, Hiago George had a penalty for, um, fleeing the mat. So, um, really awesome match. Um, fourth match. Paulo Miao defeating Isaac Boderlin, also in Abu Dhabi, London Grand Slam. Dude, the London Grand Slam was a crazy event this, this year. Was, this was nuts, and this was the match, you know, so first off, Doderlin hits not one, but two knee bars on Paulo, where the first one, Paulo's knee is visibly hyperextended. This was, I think, it might have been even worse looking than the Tyra Tolo uh, mm. knee bar. It was... It was Ew. It was gross. <laughs> That's gross. Um, and you know, Paulo shakes it off. He shakes off As the second knee bar, and this match ends with a really, really fiery fifty-fifty. Paulo's up uh, four to two on Isaac, and Isaac, in the expiring seconds, hits the sweep, switches his hips, and Paulo's butt hits the mat. And by my fucking count, that should have been two points. <laughs> and then Paulo. <laughs> does this insane thing where he basically i don't know how to describe it except that like with he momentarily of, becomes a wizard yeah he levitates his butt off of the fucking mat um so that you know uh the the ref doesn't call it but it was really exciting that finish sequence was crazy to me to watch like the will that he had to not get that so like they fought that was one of the matches where they fought you watched how hard both guys were fighting and you saw like the two world-class technicians clash yeah and like how much where they would you it's something you only see at the highest levels of like the becomes, counter of the counter of the counter of the counter to stop a battle of wills you yeah. know where you're just like who desires this more like who like they, the whole ending sequence in the 50 50 is like they're both insanely off balance and they're both just going as hard as they can to just come up on yep. it and you're like no one wants to concede that sit back down and like go under and try to fight for something they both want that position and they will not give up that was that was a really really cool dude London Grand Slam was good this year yeah it was really good uh number five Karen Atuna is defeating Talita Alencar at fight to win 106 uh this was an amazing pace these, these women went at it from, I, the, from the get-go I lost track of the sub attempts but there's triangles back and forth uh aggressive passing to single legs Karen with nasty wrestled down to a back take Kimura chain attack um reverse triangles there's uh one point from over under uh Talita leaps over for a knee bar deep knee bar on uh Karen Atunes um it's just all the way to the very end nothing but submission attempts um 
Really, really incredible match. Number six, Fionn Davies, also versus Talita Alencar um, versus, uh, in Polaris 11. Um, savage match, really scrambly pressure uh, from Fionn. Unbelievably tenacious with the back takes where she's Fionn is able to roll through and kind of like um, a baby bolo crab ride yeah. where she's just kind of like spinning through. This was one of the this is not one of the matches, but this was a match that I realized like how dynamic and how impressive the pace that Fionn keeps is. It's I'm not insane. sure why, like. It, maybe this wasn't the first match, but I think this is in my head was where it kicked off. I'm like, man, Davies really comes to like bring it to you the entire match. Her pacing is nuts. Yeah. Um, and it's something about Polaris. I think that this match particular was like kind of kicked it off. And I'm not really, I don't really know why and what about this matchup like did that to me. There, it's like the history between two know, women or like what it was. You know, we see um, pressure pacing and heavy pacing from like. You know, for example, like Leander Lowe, who's going to be insanely tough through and through, but he might just try to, like, just focus on the passing and hit you hard with the passing. Yeah. Like, Fionn is just across the board. It doesn't matter if it's back takes or, you know, sweeps, sub sub attempts, grinding out mount uh, at one point. You know, she had she's going for um, an arm triangle from Mount here. It's just everywhere. Uh, really, really good work by Fionn Davies. And that was a fun match. Lastly, number seven, not strictly a jiu-jitsu match. It's a, actually a judo. It's a judo, fight to win judo it's match. It's a judo match from fight to win 124. Thailand Mark Yuasa versus Tegan Yuasa. Holy, Is it Thailand or Thailand? Uh, Thailand. Okay. Um Jesus Christ. This so these match. two are brothers. If you don't know this match, uh, Emil and I gushed over this match during our <laughs> recap of it uh, on whatever podcast that was. I forget which one it was. Um, these two are brothers. They train in different locations, but they have obviously trained together before because these dudes knew each other's game and knew it well. This did not, by the way, was not did not appear to be a work at all. Oh, but no. What we saw was attacks where they'd been training with each other so long that they had the counters truly prepared. And when you see a judo counter, it is just, it's breathtaking. It's It happens yeah. so fast and so incredibly. It looks like, you know, it, it looks like wizardry. This is when I wish there was like slow-mo. Because like the, you see a beautiful entry and because they both know where each other is going to be. And then you see a beautiful I like textbook mu- counter on times something. We saw um, Tomoe Nage's, which is when it's the sacrifice throw when you get a grip. And you kind of like sit to your butt and put your uh, foot on their hip and try to shoot them overhead. It's that overhead throw that you hit that all the white belts hit and they just pull guard with. It's that throw. So, you know, one of the brothers is, you know, spamming the Tomoyanage and the other one reads it pretty much every time and just does a cartwheel to get out of it. And cartwheel I, front flip. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, just just stunning judo. Really, Beautiful. Really man. And this was, I think this was... Not this wasn't the moment we we've been excited on fight to win judo ever since we've seen it, but like this is just one of like oh you know, these matches can be actually that good. let's pause here. I think that's a big moment actually. Judo, I mean, that was judo, this year. judo yeah, being judo added in fight to win. All all of the fire. judo matches have been fucking great, you dude. Know? There's been like a couple matches ever for the judo match that have been like that was okay match. Yeah, like almost every time we cover them. Or, like, on the show and they have them on the cards. They're like, oh, that was a crazy match. That was a really good match. And, like, the way that Seth is now doing more is doing all of the refing and the way he keeps them on the mat. And, like, 
the guys that he selects and the matchups. It's just exciting stand-up judo. And you're like, oh, and I think it's implored a lot of people to like start training more judo. It's definitely pushed me to begin training more judo. We also have a judoka at my club. And so it's okay, like I'm seeing a lot of it. I'm watching and I'm seeing what it looks like on like an exciting stage and how effective those techniques can be. But fight to win judo for 2019 is another huge moment yep. for like the furtherment of on the judo on like the pro fight scene which again we used to cover judo on this show probably back in 2016 but we're now kind of giving it, we just didn't have the staff to do it at the time but we're now being able to cover more judo matches without having to kind of watch another four events a weekend so it's really great i'm really happy that fight to win is brought on judo because dude they're awesome matches yeah um but that's that's what i got for rewind recommends that was awesome so look, uh, what do we want to do? We want to do breakout stars for 2019. Yeah, let's talk about it. All right, who you got? Uh, obviously, we've we've talked about Dante Leone. I think now he's he has made himself known to the broader. He's community. not a guy to watch anymore. He's like a he's a breakout. So he just took, took a world title, took a no new world title yeah, last of, weekend. This was this was one of his breakout years for sure. He's yeah. one of the products of 2019 being like. Hey, this guy's here. He's established now for sure. Yeah. yeah. He's a guy that you see in a bracket. You're like, ooh, got to go into Leon. Like, that's going to be a tough matchup. Mm-hmm. And, and oh, he's super exciting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that doesn't hurt. That doesn't hurt ever. Like, to be super excited. Really, really good and super, super exciting. Yeah. That's a good combination to have. Yeah. Uh, there's the obvious Nicky Rodriguez. Yeah. You know. Yeah, break. I mean, his second year doing jiu-jitsu. Like, you know, it's really where you hit your stride. I think it's, <laughs> as, as a competitor, usually at the highest level. And usually at Blue Belt, you're usually getting invited to ADCC events and then winning no, some not, matches not invited. there. He didn't get invited. He won the trials. Oh, yeah, he was still Blue yeah. Belt when he was still at trials. Yeah. yeah. That's true. No, but yeah. like, That's usually what happened when you're a Blue Belt. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you go to the trials, both trials. You know, you place the first one, I then you win the second. I feel bad for Seth and Mo now because, like, every Blue Belt ever is going to be like, oh, well, you know, you've had a Blue Belt, you know, go through there. <laughs> You had a blue. It's like you're not Nicky Rodriguez. Why not? Because look at him. Yeah. He's Nicky Rodriguez. Did you do a, a front freak. flip, back flip take and choke some guy? I no. do like that in the trials. You can be a fucking you know blue purple belt, Dude, whatever love, the fuck you want. I love the trials because it's the most legit entryway to a professional event and ever. As I said before, in the West Coast trials, we had exciting people do well out of those trials. It wasn't yeah. like okay, yeah, they they earned their way in, but then they got smashed. Like right. nah, they did pretty fucking well. True, and they did pretty fucking Word. well. Um. Yeah. Um. Speaking Ty Rutolo. Of, I was gonna say. Speaking of ADCC breakout stars. Yeah. Ty Rutolo. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Jesus Christ. Like the ceiling for guys who start jujitsu when they're barely able to walk, and then when they've had ten years in, which is mostly you know you're starting to flirt with black belt level at least when you're around yeah. ten, when you're around yes. ten years in. Just a, just from just information standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. From so that he, time, he would be. Let's say they're like the Rutolo brothers, maybe thirteen when that happened. You know what I mean? Jesus. That's so scary to oh think about. Oh my god! I just realized. I think I think they've both been training for thirteen years. Yeah, they were on the map burn. They talked about they talked about how long they've been training. It's thirteen years. Right. So if you've been training since you were three or four years old, I don't know. That's like such a ingrained part of your day to day life. And and you know they're homeschooled, so they're doing jujitsu full time. That's got to be so crazy to have your puberty, like just body development, tailor itself around jujitsu. Like your body movement, your body mechanics are gonna tailor themselves for the sport that you love, the thing that you're probably going to do for the rest of your life. That's so freaking incredible, man. Yeah. I I'm cannot, glad you're just getting to that place. Dude, it's awesome to get old and go to Masters. Can't wait guys. <laughs> I can't wait. You guys are both in Masters. I'm so, yeah. I'm, I'm like looking at it. I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to get older, but I'm super excited to not have to fight young monsters. The, so it's awesome. That is true, but 
it's also a thing of everyone who's in Masters has that same idea. So you're just getting like the 30-year-olds who are That's like, fine, man. I'll take the 30-year-old <laughs> monster over the 16-year-old 80cc prodigy monster. That's definitely true. So uh, who else we got? I had Kyle Bame on my list. Yeah. Just Ka- because the run he had, I mean, we haven't seen, we've only seen him like in like nine or 10 matches, I think. We've seen him. I mean, we've, we've covered him for a couple. We've like we've covered mm-hmm. him off and on for a couple years. I think he's 20, since twenty sixteen. We've yeah. covered him off and on, but like we've seen him more recently. Like at black, I think honestly, black the, belt. the black belt CB, not black belt CBD, um, BJJ fanatics, mm-hmm. both those events, him winning the under brown, the brown belt and under one, yep. and then him winning the black belt one after recently being promoted, cement him as like, oh, this is a dude. If you run into in an EBI rule set, he's oh. gonna give you problems. Yeah, and still he's still dangerous. Like. He submitted a lot of people who I think are still really good. I think you just had it pulled up, did you not? Uh, I did, yeah. So he, let's see, Tex Johnson, He's uh, has a win against uh, Hulk in, again, BJJ Fanatics. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, that Leon, black belt list is really small, isn't it? Tex Johnson, Dante Leone. Yep. Valdir oh, Arujo. shit. It's, yeah. Those are fucking great names. Yeah. And Kyle Bame, I'm trying to, it's not on here, but I think thought he had a ridiculously good performance at quintet right mm, I, he I mean, was I on subversive and he, uh, ran, subversive. he ran into spriggs subversive. at subversive oh that's right and that was yeah, yeah. that was gotcha. that yeah, match yeah, where yeah, yeah, yeah. him and spriggs had some beef but and he spriggs got upset he was doing i remember because he going into subversive had done something impressive Anyway, uh, I have to look it up. I yeah. mean, but reason like a breakout guy. Yeah, he's definitely, won, he he's definitely won, on my radar. Definitely on the map now. He won twenty grand in yeah. the last like two months mm-hmm. from BJJ Fanatics events from like being really good at EBI and EBI to EBI overtime rules. So, like, you run into him in EBI, and Gordon, even Gordon said it in the lead up to that. He was like, "Man, man, I wouldn't pick like Bame over Barbosa in any other rule set." But the yeah, EBI, EBI rules, rules, like, he's really good at them. Absolutely. And he didn't call anyone else out except for Kyle Bame. So it's like if Gordon Ryan is picking you ahead of an event to maybe, like, be the guy, that is a good indicator to me. Like, oh, Gordon Ryan sees something kind of special about, like, you in this rule set. That means he's sure. prepared. He's supposed to be in that event. That mm-hmm. means he's preparing for you. Yeah. Okay, he sees something Yeah, if he's aware of you in general, then it's because he's yeah. worried about something that you do. Yep. Yeah. Pretty much. Which is really cool. So, who else you got? Mason fucking Fowler. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jesus Christ, man. Like That uh, West Coast Trials run at ADCC. was impressive, but, I mean, his his match in the opening rounds of ADCC with BB Monstro was, like, that was electric. I mean, that people were saying that that was, like, you know, behind um, behind um, Gary Tonin and Hanato Canuto, probably, like, the second best uh, match going out of day one yeah um in adcc um super super exciting i mean um and obviously like he's here now you know he's like competing. Yeah, he has arrived sure. and um his match versus uh craig jones was no joke too you know like craig had to i'm pretty sure that was the match where craig was kind of fucking losing um until he was able to to pull out the i think in the win. last second he swept him right no, he, he choked him out I think yeah, he, yeah, yeah. That got, okay. uh, I want to say it was a guillotine or something. Some it was a guillotine. He finished off the mat with his back down on the concrete. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was that it was. match. Yeah. Yep. So I he was that. losing that one, you know. So Mason is like, you know, he can he can hang with the best for sure. Um, definitely big breakout. I think uh, B. Monstro on this list as well. 
he's a guy that we didn't really we, he was not on at least not on my radar before he probably should have been but i think as an exciting grappler definitely like yeah. he puts mm-hmm. on exciting matches he's actually been on the wrong side of a lot of those matches in terms of results yeah. i think what kicked me off for him being really, really like a guy to watch is at kasai he kind of got a later placement slot versus Pena and then immediately comes out of the gate and almost takes Pena down. It was like, ooh, snap. Okay, that's like he is not playing like a safe game with this guy. He is immediately coming out and ready to crack. And Pena was able to get him during the match, but it was that not a lot of guys can all of a sudden put Pena on, their, Pena on his heels immediately. Yeah. And so that's for me, for me at least, why he's like a guy to watch because mm-hmm, like that sure. one performance was like, ooh, that's, that's interesting. Yep. Mm-hmm. So... How about fucking Fionn Davies? Yeah. Right? Dude, we talked she's about her. super exciting. Yeah. We talked about her. She's got one of the more entertaining matches. She has, was her win? She has a, she has a Rewind Recommends yep. match that was great. She was has her? an upset match, yep. you know, at ADCC. Was her win over Xeri Matuda this year? Mm. Oh, I'd have to check. I think it was. It was I think it was Polaris. We talked about it a little earlier in the show. I think it was Polaris uh, 10 or 9. Um, I don't recall though. Is it on BJJ Heroes? It's not. Okay. So again, super exciting, super dynamic grappler. Like she just fights from every position, mm-hmm. and there's not a single phase where you can really put her in where it's like, oh, she's you know not as strong here. She's just super active in all those spots, and I think that definitely at least that's why she was on my list for like breakout stars of 2019. It's just because like for the sure. way and like how she performs, and those big upset wins that she's had. I think mm-hmm. this is her first or second year at black belt. She has not been a black belt for very long. Since I think she's tail end of 2018. I think. Okay, I think she's the first Welsh female black belt as mm. well so yeah. like new area coming in really really impressive emil you got anyone else on the list that you want to talk about i think those are the main ones yeah so who's your grappler to watch in 2020 hmm. we should honestly put a couple of them in here just so that like 2021 week 2020 i mean i feel like a lot of those well okay well yeah that's... ideally like i'm saying like who's a guy that is either a brown belt or is like maybe just a new black belt or someone that like you think we should keep a huge eye on. Cause I got like two guys. I think, um, I got Mateus Lunas, Lunas, Mateus Lutes, new black belt, got black belt like this last weekend. Um, I can foresee him being a real force at black belt. You know, maybe they're not his year is going to be this year, but like he's coming onto the scene and we've seen really impressive stuff from him this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I'm a huge Lutes fan, so mm-hmm. I have no qualms with adding him. Uh, and also, he's someone to watch just because he's really fun to watch, too. Yeah. You know, I unfortunately cursed his match with Dante Leone earlier this year, uh, talking about how dope it was going to be. But, um, <laughs> like, yeah, I think otherwise his matches are really, really entertaining. Um, definitely somebody to watch. Do you have any else on the list? He's kind of been... <sighs> I'm like, I don't know how to say this. Like, he's been around for a while, but I do think that he's starting to, I think he could take some of the majors uh, is Isaac Doderlin. Mm. Like, he he's come real fucking close um, to toppling uh, basically the best. Um, yeah, his wars with Meow, and like, he's just, he's looked really, really good in UAGGF. I just feel like, yeah, he's he's just like, you know, he's just... It's like that step of like any day that he could like flip and like take that. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, he's been he's like in that short format. I think he does really really well because yeah. he seems to have a gas tank to just like crush through at like six minutes. Yep. Yeah, I'm trying to think of anyone else too that I would say definitely. Uh, check out. But it's just like a guy in the grapplers to watch. It's like I was going to say somebody to watch is Anderson Muniz, the guy who was just at Spider. Yeah. They drew uh, Hadolfo that first round. Yep. He put Hadolfo in some danger for, like the first couple minutes. Yeah, for a like, while. He had a lot actually. of sweep attempts. I think he might have swept him at one point. I think, going he was kind of winning. Off the mat. I think he was winning at one point in that match. Yeah. It was like a quick two where he swept him, I think, and they were heading kind of off the mat and then reset him and gave him the two. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it was yeah, a legit yeah. sweep, and it's against freaking Adolfo, Adolfo Vieira. <laughs> like, right. That's pretty impressive. And I think he just got Brown. Mm, I don't remember. Yeah, I think he just I, like, got remember, brown belt. Like he I won purple belt guys, worlds, yeah. and he just he just got a you know awarded brown. And so I think it's definitely a guy you can watch going into the future, not just twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Word. I think another guy to watch is Roberto Jimenez. Of course, we saw him just get black, but we saw him we saw him win the absolute at Nogi Worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, again, he's like we've been watching him for a little bit, but I think in twenty twenty, him going into black belt, um, I forecast him to do some pretty pretty. Exciting things. And on the other side, Pedro Mourinho. Yeah. Another guy to probably keep an eye on. We saw we saw him. He's the last guy to beat Jimenez mm-hmm. um, at Brown Belt at weight class. He subbed him. I think he subbed uh, point, points. It was a points victory. So it's like both those guys we've seen on Super Fights. We've seen featured more prominently on things like Third Coast and stuff. But I feel like th- we're going to see them popping up. And if not Black Belt, it, like, we're going to see them on more Super Fights this year. And they're going to be real forces to kind of like take – they're going to take a couple big brackets and super fights, I have a feeling. For sure. Yeah, I think those are those are pretty good. So, that does it for me. Do we have any other items we want to talk about? Do we want? I mean, there's a bunch of other lists. There's like BJ Heroes has some stuff out. And there's a, basically everyone is putting out their top matches of the year. Is there any other items for like, oh, we didn't do it. Um, what are your, like, what is, like, jujitsu wise, what mm-hmm. is your, like, top moment? And your your low moment of the year. Like what are you, your, your best moment and your worst moment of the year? Uh, for me, um, I usually count at the beginning of the year. I forgot this year. Yeah, no, my my worst was just like just the sheer time I took off the mats. You know, like um, it was something like nine or ten months or something. It's a long time. Yeah, really long time. I remember you told me you were training. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, no, I was like I was like super excited for you. Yeah, um, but uh, highlight man. Like, oh, highlight and lowlights, we call it. Highlight yeah, of the year and the lowlight of the year. A highlight is going to be absolutely like when we – it's hard to pick a single interview from ADCC, um, but um, getting to interview Kainan was really fucking great. Um, getting to interview Bernardo Faria was really great. Like it's just – it was awesome to sit there and just you know be able to talk to these people and pick their brains about – the fucking sport that we all know and love. Um, so yeah, those those are both really awesome. What you got for highlight and Lillard Austin? Uh, highlight personally, well, starting the show is pretty awesome. Being on the podcast regularly is pretty awesome. Um, it's awesome to have. It's then, awesome to have you. You, yeah, you bring you bring like Absolutely. you bring some additional flavor that like Emil <laughs> and I don't have. So it's eh, like it's it's really cool. Just nerd stuff. It's like yeah, when he grabbed this really weird grip, talking about some. <laughs> crazy amount of trivia yeah but i love that though because that's like that's why we do the show and i'm i'm too add to follow a lot of that stuff it's like oh it's, i'm just super excited about the match and yeah. you come on like here's where i excited because this is a weird grip and you saw that and then x y and z i'm like oh that is what happened Austin. yeah i'm just a dork it's amazing so maybe that and then this is the tail end of purple belt for me this year so getting brown belt definitely some highlights 
low lights uh getting murked at brown bow <laughs> for sure <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's a new game uh, i'm trying to get used to the leg locks at like the expert level did stuff. you get murked by someone i didn't get murked but any loss to me is getting murked i don't like losing not that i'm that high level i'm definitely a hobbyist nobody but just losing in general i don't know that's kind of how it always is you're the big fish in a small pond until you're not anymore you get belt promoted then you you know got to get used to the level of the next belt which i'm excited to do but Low lights for sure, taking tournament losses. <laughs> That's reasonable. Yeah. Still a pretty good life to be able to spend hundreds of dollars on tournaments. What Take about you, point. man? High light and low light? Mm-hmm. Low light was, uh, I think my back's broken. <laughs> like, that was like, that was like, oh, shit, I actually have, like, a legit, like, I'm very injured, and uh, I have to, like, take some serious time off, and then kind of being in pain for, like, the whole year kind of sucked. Um, it's getting better now, but it's just, like, it, it was kind of a... Uh, 2019 sucked a bag of dicks. Mm. It was a shit year for, like... For training. For training and just, like, not being in pain. Yeah. It was a really bad year for that. Like, highlight of the year was definitely, like, getting credentialed at ADCC. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that was a level of, like... Kind Access of pro- that we've... It, it was yeah. also a level of, like, professional validation for what we do here. They're like, hey, we actually produce good content. We are legitimately interested. And, like, we showed an organization that is big that, hey, we can, like, we're going to come and we're going to do legitimate good reporting at your event. And like, as, as an independent agency for what we do, like, it's us. There's no, like, mm-hmm. ba- parent company backing us. There's no, like, it's just the work that everyone on our team puts in. And it was a huge sort of validating thing that in about two years of doing this, we could go and actually ask and request credentialed access to that event and like go and get that because there's a lot of venues a lot of organizations that didn't weren't able to get that so it was hugely validating me professionally to get that access and then take that access and then turn it into all the stuff that we did turn it into and like all the interviews that we did all the people that we spoke to and basically all the content we were able to bring to the grappling rewind and i think professionally that was like that was definitely my bjj highlight for the year was just the amount of great content that we put out this year and like cool interviews and we expanded into doing like a video show this year and like just how much and how much the show has grown and the level of content that we've all like put in and how much better all of us have gotten at like doing the show and doing analysis and taking notes and it's just been a really great year for the grappling rewind yeah absolutely and come to think of it um have you talked about your the interviews that you did at third coast a little bit. We a talked about bit. it, I think, a little bit like on the week after Third Coast. Like those are going up on the BJJ Fanatics YouTube page yeah, so now, which is really cool. That's so, a big deal. So that's yeah. a that's a uh, we'll call it a budding relationship. Yeah, um, we're now working with BJJ Fanatics to do some live events coverage and some other work with them, and it's just really cool to you know work with an organization that's much much larger than us to put out and help put out good content under their platform and work with them, and that's just like. It's just a really cool thing to be able to do as like a hobbyist jiu-jitsu practitioner that's really into the professional side of it. And yep. so you'll probably see a lot more interviews from us uh, over there and maybe some you know some written stuff from us over there on their blog. Um, just really exciting to yeah. Like yeah. be able to do more and like participate more in the pro scene of jiu-jitsu. Yeah. So uh, I want to talk said. about Josh's highlight and low light. <laughs> josh's low light really is great highlight. moment we had oh my god so josh's highlight and low light of the year um going viral baby going viral was him getting choked out from the guard he was supposed to be here i'm actually really upset. he had to he had someone he had to work and he wasn't able to make it here so uh i would really been cool to have actually four of us on the mic i think that was the first time we've ever had four people on actual mics and then last minute he was like i can't make it i was like oh 
So to talk about his highlight, getting choked out, it was his highlight and his low light. I was like, Josh, what's your highlight? He goes, he goes, highlight, getting choked out from the guard. Low light, choked out from the guard. I'm like, all right, Josh. So he had a BJJ Times article written about him, and he went viral with uh, the most Brazilian tap of all time, and then getting put unconscious. Yep. Yeah, it was hilarious. Um, Nogi match. Josh has this other guy in guard. He does a, what, Nogi Ezekiel? Uh, head and arm. arm triangle. Head and arm. Oh, arm triangle. He's yeah. snatching at the head and arm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's part of the danger of going against, like, really big dudes. Yep. It's like, uh, this choke won't work. It's like, it will if you're 300 pounds or however big that dude is. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, um, what else you guys got? I think that pretty much does it for the show. Like, highlights and lowlights are kind of the last thing we do for the year. Technically, we have one more show uh, mm-hmm. this year in True Grappling Rewind fashion. I didn't read the calendar right. So, we're doing this show basically like a week early. Technically, we do the show after the last event has run for the year. So, SUG was the last event for 2019. So, we do our recap show after that. Um, but we got another week next week. We're going to do some cool stuff I got planned. Um, I'm excited for. But what do you guys got going on? Like, yeah, it's the holiday season. Anything cool coming up? Nothing. Nobody's getting shit from Austin. I'm just excited for, <laughs> uh, I don't know, yeah, like taking uh, taking this kind of jujitsu journalism into a little bit different direction, doing uh, doing more writing, doing more data analysis, getting that up and running. Uh, you got like, something oh, yeah. cool you're working on for data yeah, analysis. Yeah, Emil yeah, yeah, yeah. has hit you, hit us with the Python yeah. or whatever <laughs> yeah, magical, <laughs> magical computer science that you're doing. Yeah. And you are uh, you were showing us some statistical analysis and stuff you're doing today that I got like giddy about because I yeah, love really it, cool. but have no ability to do it. And so we're going to hopefully bring you some more like some more like actual data yeah. so that when uh, Josh or I or Austin talk out of our ass for who we think will win a <laughs> tournament, I mean, it's going to hit us with the knowledge and go, look, he's beat him six times out of seven. Yeah. Uh, he probably is going to take it. I'm like, oh, yeah, he has beat him that many times at Black Belt. So <laughs> yeah, we're working on awesome. – Mio is working on some some really cool like stuff to bring us up to the next level of not just like – Talking out of our ass. Talking out of our ass and guessing at matches, but actually like this is probably what's going to happen. Yeah. It'll be good. It'll be really fun. You guys got anything fun this week? It's I think we got we got Christmas Eve tomorrow. Uh, the governor was nice enough to give me the day off. Yeah. And uh, then we got Christmas, and then the rest of the week is basically a wash because like no one's gonna want to deal with me on Thursday and Friday this week. So yeah, fuck it's it. basically a vacation. So I'm gonna train a bunch. Sweet hey, man. Get into it, baby. You guys going any place or doing anything fun? Going home. Going to Massachusetts. Nice. When you leaving? Uh, tomorrow. That's going to be so, terrible traffic. Yeah, it's going to be garbage. Didn't, we just do this? Didn't you just do this, Emil? Yeah, I'm doing it again, baby. Let's fucking... <laughs> leave it night. I'm just saying. Yeah. Leave it Leave it night. Drive through the night. It's a way easier trip, having done this trip like three to four times a year for the past like five years. Yeah. Yeah. You going anywhere? No, sir. Snuggling my dog, watching Star Wars stuff. Nobody messaged me. Hey, Austin, did you see this match? Like, no. I'm dead to you, man. No, I'll, I mean, I'll be watching matches, but nobody else messaged me. It's reasonable. Yeah. I'm just going to train a bunch. It's going to be awesome. I'll be there. Sweet. You guys, anything else? That's it, so, man. All right. As uh, as always on the show, I'm your host, Maine. We'll jump on co-hosts. Austin. And Emil. And we are the Grappling Rewind. See you on the mats. If you like the show, please consider sharing it on Facebook with the folks at your gym. It's the best way that we grow the show and we really appreciate it. You can reach out to us on email. We also have Instagram. We have Facebook. We have Twitter. We have Google+. Plus. Until that shuts down. We have a website. If you have an event you would like to have us cover, please let us know. If you have a name, like most people do, and you'd like to have us stop butchering it, let us know. Reach out to us. The show is also available on YouTube, Spotify, in addition to iTunes and every other podcast service. We very much appreciate your time and thank you.